Good day, everyone. This is Matt with A Cup of Freedom. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Today is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice in it. I've got my cup of coffee, my Javalia coffee, and I hope you're enjoying a cup wherever you are listening from. This is a podcast where we celebrate the freedom that we already have in Jesus Christ, and we drink some really good coffee, and we talk about that, and we shout that from the rooftops. The sun has set us free, and now we talk about ways that we can live that out in our everyday lives, living from the already, living from the freedom that he has provided. Thank you for joining us today. Well, we kind of, we started talking last time about identity and how, how so huge that is when it comes to dealing with fleshly behaviors, dealing especially in the area of, you know, sexual behaviors that we don't want, uh, whether it be pornography or whatever that may be. And so I want to continue on to this today because, and I've titled this The Real You, because there is a real you. There is a real you that exists in Christ, in union with Christ, a new identity, a new creation you. That is the real you. Uh, beyond all the externals, beyond all the lying beliefs that you have, beyond all the maybe fake identities that you've tried to wear in the past uh, or maybe currently are wearing, there's a real you. There's a real you that is what I want to talk about that I didn't know for 30 years of my Christian life, 30 years of from about seven years old into my mid-30s of trying to become something I already was, trying to be someone who God said I already was. And so I want to unpack this a little bit today because we, you know, and, and I want to start with what, what I, how I define identity, but, but it is so important because this can be the foundational truth, foundational source of our lives, that uh, in anything, when circumstances hit hard, when when trials in life come, we we have this. If we have this foundation where we are truly believing and living and embracing out of our true identity and in, in what in what Christ not only has set said about us, but what He's done to us, what He's accomplished for us and in us and to us, it's game changing. It's life changing. And I was pursuing something that I already had. I was pursuing an identity and wearing a bunch of different identities, and I'll share a little bit about those, but I was pursuing those um, in all kinds of different ways. Uh, and then also living out of a shame-based identity because I was dealing with this behavior that I didn't want anybody to know about or didn't think anybody would understand or, you know, I'm a, supposed to be a good Christian, so I'm not supposed to struggle with these type of behaviors, and nobody around me was talking about it, so it's kind of like I just wore this shame identity in some way. But there was a real me. There was a real me that I didn't know, and over the last 10 plus years, God's been revealing to me this real me, who I really am in Him, and who He really is in me, and what He not only says about me, but what He, how he, what he thinks of me, how much He loves me, how free I am, how new I am. And so let's unpack that today. There's a real you, too, in Christ, Christian. Brother and sister that are listening to me right now, in, in Christ, you are not defined by your struggles. You're not defined by an addiction. You're not defined by the job that you wear. You're not defined by any of the roles that you play in your life. You're not defined by uh, the amount of money you make. You're not defined by the status you have in the community. You're not defined by the house you live in or the cars you drive or any of that. I know we try to do that. We're suckers for that, even in the Christian Christian world. 
and even in the ministry world, that's something that I struggle with as as having a ministry where I'm trying to express this freedom in Christ. It's it is easy to get caught up and be tempted in trying to become bigger and better and more. When in reality, God's saying, "Matt, just be who you are. Be who I've made you to be." And so, those are none of those things are your identity. So let's talk about the real you. But before we do that. What do I mean by identity? You know, you, you may not hear that phrase actually in Scripture, but identity, a spiritual identity, is that you are now in Christ, and 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 you are you are in union with Christ. You're this new creation, and this has all now happened at your new birth. This is not by behavior. Identity is by birth, not behavior. Okay, my last name is Galbraith. I was born to Dave and Joanne Galbraith, okay, and I that I was born into the Galbraith identity by birth, not my my behavior. I could go on the rest of my life behaving like an idiot, <laughs> okay, and going off and doing whatever. I'm still a Galbraith. I'm still the the son of Dave and Joanne because uh, that's my birthright. That's where I was born. That's my identity. Okay, you now in Christ, that's your birthright. That's your identity. You're in Christ. Before salvation, you were in Adam. Now you're in Christ. So your identity is who you are, the deepest part of you, what's happened to you in your spirit, this new creation. That's when Jesus tells Nicodemus that you have to be born again. He didn't understand what he was talking about. What do you mean? I got to go back into my mother's womb? No, it's a spiritual new birth. The old man now has to die off. So your identity is uh, is what is is being in Christ, is this new creation. Now, the way you think of your identity and believe your identity to be is whether you're living out of the real you or the fake you. So what do I mean by that? Is how you feel or what you believe about yourself, okay, becomes either the real identity or the fake identity. So if I, in other words, if I feel and believe that I'm worthless that I'm unacceptable, that I'm insecure, that I'm and all these kind of things that I've struggled with in my own life, that's not my real identity. Am I secure in Christ? Absolutely. Am I wor- worthy in Christ? Absolutely. Am I valuable in Christ? Absolutely. All those things are true. But if I feel and believe something different than that, then that's what I'm going to live out of. I'm going to live out of my beliefs. Okay, so what, what God's going to do over the rest of our lives and what He did for me was... All of these fake identities had to go away. I had to let go of them. And, be, and as he began to reveal the real me, who I really was in him, then I began to embrace that. Oh, yeah, Lord. Wow, look how valuable you say that I am. Look how valuable you've made me to be because I'm your son. I've been born into your family. That's my identity now. I'm your child. I'm your much-loved son. That's what you've accomplished through Jesus, through the death and resurrection of your son. That's, that's who I am now. Okay, as that begins to be brought aware, then I still have a choice to accept that and believe that. So much of this identity comes from what we feel and believe. But again, feelings are going to win this. Feelings are, are be, eventually become attached to belief. So I feel unworthy, but then eventually I believe myself to be unworthy. And that was really the core lie about my identity that I believed forever was unworthiness. Not only did I feel unworthy or worthless, I... I believe that I was. And so then I was doing two things to try to create a fake identity. I was trying to become worthy by getting approval of others or performing a bunch of religious things or all these kind of things. But then I was also living out of the false identity of the worthlessness by going to behaviors to prove that I was worthless. 
which was pornography and those kind of things. Because if I didn't think very highly of myself, why would I go to things that are going to, how we believe we're going to act on those things, okay? So you will not live beyond what you believe. I say this all the time. You do what you do because of your beliefs. So if my identity is not based on being in Christ and his new creation, uh, and I'm living out of a false identity of being worthless or a shame-based identity, which is what I had, um, you know, a shame-based identity is basically you're only as good as what you can do, or you're only, you're only as bad as what you have done. Okay, and it's shame. It's not just a feeling. It goes to an identity. I believe that I am shameful. I believe there's something that is wrong with me. Uh, and so, so if we don't know this true identity, the real us, then what we're going to do is we're going to spend our, our lives, even as Christians, trying to put on fake identities. And the Bible calls this the flesh. The false self or the flesh or the old man, okay? Now, actually, the old man, no, sorry, sorry, let me correct myself. The old man is dead and gone, okay? Not the old man. It calls it the flesh, okay? The flesh, um, we a lot of times think of the flesh as negative, okay? But it also can be more of the positive, self-sufficient, self-reliant, self-motivation, so all the all the kind of what the self-help world will give us, okay? So it, And it's the religious world, okay? So the flesh... Um, a lot of times we think of it as the immorality, impurity, you know, all these kind of, all these kind of things, and it is that, right? It is those, but it also can be the religious flesh, which is anything where I'm operating apart from Christ in me, is the flesh. Any type of coping, any type of um, producing life apart from what I already have in Christ is the flesh. Any way I'm trying to get my identity. From something or someone else, apart from what God has done to me, that's the flesh. Okay, I'm gonna be clear again. The old man, that's the, the flesh is not the old man. The old man, the old self has died. It was crucified with Christ. Okay, so I I, I misspoke on that, but that's the, that's that is the flesh. The flesh is what am I depending on? What am I coping on? To what am I coping with to tell me who I am? Okay, so. A lot of times we are, you know, and this is and this is all the flesh is attacking our mind, our thoughts, and our feelings. Okay, we're good to go in our spirit, but we, but I didn't know what I had. I didn't know who I already was. I was trying to go out and become something I already was. And so, what happens is when we, when we start off on this Christian life, we realize our sins are forgiven. We realize we're going to go to heaven someday. But we want to try to live this thing called the Christian life, and then we, we don't really know how to do it. And so what do we do? We go after we're suckers for the flesh because we're suckers for the religious world that tells us, well, here's how to do it. Here's how to live the Christian life. Here's how to, here's how to find success or fulfillment in the Christian life. or become, you know. And so maybe we try a few things and make a few adjustments here and there, and we're, we're sitting ducks for the self-help world. We're sitting ducks for the... For the books that say five steps to become a better you, or, or whatever, because it's te- all it's doing is telling us how to manipulate the fake identities, to manipulate the false self, the flesh, and maybe this works, so we'll try this a little bit. Maybe this didn't work, and so that's what most of Christianity is. Honestly, it just it just is, and so be aware of that, be discerning in that, as the Spirit of God reveals. Well, here's who you really are. As we're going to talk about this, but now. Now, all these other messages that are coming at me that I'm, and what have I bought into? What have you bought into as trying to become something that God already says that you are? So I'm trying to go to this to become valuable when God already says I'm off the charts valuable to him. 
Okay, and I want to say this real quick about value because um, this is not, and, and I know we say, you may hear preachers or even myself sometimes say, well, God sees you this way. So he's just trying, he's just putting his special Jesus glasses on and seeing you as valuable. Okay, it goes beyond this. Not only does he see you, but he's made you to be valuable. Okay, he's not fooling himself out. He's, he's not faking himself out. He's not putting special Jesus glasses on to say, oh, well, you're not really valuable, but because I'm God, I'm supposed to say you're valuable. No, he, this is what's happened in this new birth, in this new birth, the spiritual born again in Christ. He has made me valuable. He's made you valuable. He's made you worthy. He's made you holy. He's made you righteous. He's made you brand new. He's made you that already. You don't have to go try to do anything more or less to become any more valuable or any less valuable than you are right now because you're off the charts valuable to him. Because sometimes we say, oh, well, he's God, so he just has to do that because he's God's love and he's supposed to... I'm not really that valuable, but he's he's got to say that because he's God. It's kind of like uh, if you're a parent, you say, well, my kids acted acted wrong, so I'm, I'm just supposed to love them even though you know they really did something. No, I love them because they're my kids. They're my sons, they're my daughters, they're my kids. They're they're they sure they may be acting in ways that are not accord, in accordance with their identity. Just like me as being a Galbraith, I may not act I may act however I act, but I'm still a Galbraith because that's who I am. I've been born into the family. I'm born into the family of God. So God doesn't just fake himself out and say, "Oh, well I got to say that cuz I'm God." No, he's made you to be that. He's made you to be that. And so the invitation for us is to live out of the spirit, the inner man, and that will then flow through to the soul, to our thoughts, and then to our actions. Okay? And so we even, and this is where the false self or the flesh really can become alluring, especially in the religious side of it, is that it? We even can say we're doing it for the glory of God, we're doing it for God, and and yet it's nothing more than a religious identity of being more spiritual, being religious, doing all the things we think God wants us to do. So here's the verse I want to focus on today, uh, and it's Second Corinthians five seventeen. It's been a life changing verse for me. There's a few verses. There's a lot of verses that I go to, but there's a few verses that are really so core and so crucial to. Um, to this God revealing my new identity, revealing who I was. And it's 2 Corinthians 5.17. And it says this, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And now all things are from God. So are you in Christ? Am I in Christ? If that's true, if I'm in Christ, if I've ever made a decision to choose to receive the forgiveness of God and to ask, to invite him, open my heart and invite him in, to my life, then I'm in Christ, and I'm a new creation at that moment. At that moment. So at this new birth, okay, God, we've talked about this in the last series, he put a new spirit in you, okay, he created you in his likeness, okay, he put a new, a new, gave you a new heart, which is, and new desires, and he made you brand new at the core of who you are, okay, this is your birthright, this is who you are, you are a new creation at all times. Now, sometimes do you act like the new creation? No. 
Sometimes do you feel like the new creation? No. Oftentimes you're not going to feel like the new creation. Okay? Uh, but, okay, and so this verse again talks about the old thing. The old you was crucified on the cross. We've we talked about that in the series. But this is, this is the reality of who you are now. It's a new creation that is in Christ. He didn't clean up an old version of you. He didn't shine up an old version of you. No, your old man had to die and was crucified. It is. It already had. That's already happened. Okay, the old man is gone. Okay, um, but here's the thing: if you don't really know that you are the new creation, you're going to spend the rest of your life, spiritual life, even trying to become something that you already are. You're going to be trying to come become a new creation until you already really fully embrace the fact that you already are. That was my life. I may be able to even say, oh, well, I hear this preacher telling, yeah, I'm the new creation, but I really don't feel like it. I'm really not acting like it. Like, this can't be true because look what I did five minutes ago. Look at the addictions I'm dealing with. Look at the, you know, what, whatever I'm dealing with. That's, that's the way you're going you're gonna to see yourself. That's the way you're going to believe. And that's where I go back to it, how, what you believe in your mind, okay, about who you are uh, is, is how you're going to operate. So if I still believe, well, yeah, I hear you saying that I'm the new creation, but but I sure don't feel very valuable. I still I still feel pretty worthless. I, still, I get it. I do too sometimes. That's the renewing of the mind. These what I'm what I want you to get, if if nothing else, is that these are things that are already true of you. You may not be feeling them, and you're probably not believing all of them. But God wants to spend the rest of His life revealing number one what is already true that you are not. He's not just looking at you as a valuable person because. You're doing a bunch of valuable things. No, just like salvation, we couldn't earn it. It was all a gift. The same way as the Christian life. We, we live out of this by faith and trusting in what God has said and done and accomplished on our behalf. Just like for salvation, that was true. The Christian life is the same way. So the, the sooner I agree with what God not only says about me, what he's done to me, that he's made me valuable by birthright, by new birth, the sooner I'm in agreement with that, the freer I'm going to experience. I'm still free, but the more experience, the more my mind's going to be renewed to that. Yes, God, I agree with you. You're revealing this to me, and yeah, I'm not always feeling it, and I'm, I'm sure probably not acting like it a lot of the times, but that's the inside-out transformation. So this new creature is already in existence. You don't have to try to become it. The old man, the old self is dead and gone, but here's what's still coming at you, which is the flesh. You're still trying to be tempted to become some something or someone you already are or to hide to hide um, something you don't like about yourself. Okay, we all do these things, right? Okay, so all of this is true. You don't have to, you can't earn any of this. You can't try to become this i think what happened the freedom came for me when i when i stopped trying to become who i already was let me say that again the freedom came for me when i stopped trying to become who i already was i god began to reveal the real me and i was like oh wait a minute wow i'm in union with you i'm the new creation now that and forever uh, this goes beyond how I'm acting and feeling all the time. You want to renew my mind to the truth that this, he looks at the new creation, me, that is his spirit that gave birth to it. <laughs> I was, I, I like to say that I was, I was born again, again, because I wasn't, I, it wasn't a new salvation. I was saved at seven, but I became aware of all that happened. God began to reveal all that happened to me at seven years old. 
And all of this was was done, this new creation was done by His Spirit. That's what gave birth to me. I was spiritually now alive in Christ. The realest thing about you is that you're in Christ. That's the realest thing about you. It's not what you do for a living, not how many kids you have, not how good of a parent you are, not how successful you are in business. The real you is that you've been born again into the family of God. You're His child. And he says some really powerful things, and we're going to get to that eventually. But he says, I mean, he says in Ephesians that, that you're holy and blameless. He says in, in Colossians again that you're holy and blameless and beyond reproach. This is, he's not just fooling himself. He's made you holy and blameless by your good works? No. By your behavior? No. By your ability to stop sinning? No. Because Christ lives in you, you're in him. He's made you holy and blameless. He's made you valuable. He's made you beyond reproach. He's made you his friend. He's made you his much-loved son and daughter because of this new birth in Christ. God not only sees you as holy and blameless, but he has made you holy and blameless. That is your identity. Right now. Right now, and I, I'm okay. Don't take my word for it, because again, I have this is the core issue I've struggled with my whole Christian life was trying to become something I already was, and the two really ways that I did this was was through approval and performance on the from the external standpoint, approval, getting other people to like me. This came really early on, kind of in my teenage years. Uh, I was a sport. I was an athlete. I played sports. I, I did this through my performance. If I was getting it done on the baseball field, the basketball court, you know, all those areas where I was, you know, an athlete in, then then I knew I, I saw my parents like me, my coaches like me, my teammates like me. But on, when I wasn't getting it done, yeah, I didn't, wasn't getting the same cheers, right? So this performance mentality came in, and it it, it, it kind of came into my school life. If I if I got the good grades, and people are going to be happy with me, and if I then it came into my religious life, or if I was coming to church all the time doing all the spiritual activities, well, then maybe God was going to... So I transferred all that onto God, too. So it was approval and performance to try to get God to like me more. Okay, But then if I was doing something wrong, I did something wrong, then it was like, oh boy, God's going to be pretty ticked off at me. And so these fake identities I created, it just carried on with me. And into my then when this addiction came in with this pornography was presented to me. Sure, I ate it up because it was like, oh, wow, it's going to tell me that I'm valuable. It's, tell me, it's going to tell me that I'm desirable. It's going to tell me that that I'm wanted, that I, in a fake way, it was a fake substitute. It became this idol in my life of getting a false sense of my identity from this fake thing, but it it, it sure did offer it up. And I, I, I took it hook, line, and sinker. And so the, the, the result of this is for us is we have to, we, we have to let go of those external identities. And that's, I think that's the hard, That's the first step. That's the hardest step is we have to let go of those. I'm not my job. This happened to me five years ago when I was going through a, you know, a difficult time in my life. I switched careers after 20 years and went into something brand new. That was what I had attached my identity to. Right. If you've ever gone through a relationship issue or a divorce, right? Maybe you've attached your identity to that relationship, and now you're divorced, and you don't know what to do with yourself. And I don't say that out of condemnation. I say that out of just a revelation of what we attach ourselves to as our identity, what gives us our fulfillment or significance. And yet, the, the Christian life is to get that fulfillment and significance of the fact that we're in Christ. 
And that flows out of us. And whatever happens externally is, is ultimately really not a good par- barometer of who we are. <laughs> because if it's something that you can lose, it's not who you really are. Can you lose Christ? No, you can't. Nothing can take that away. But you can lose a job, you can lose a relationship, you can lose money, you can lose um, a house, or, I mean, God forbid you lose any of these things, right? You can lose your health. Anything like that is not your identity. It's not the real you. Now, it may be ways that we, none of those things can be wrong, wrong per se, but it's a way that when I know that my identity is founded and my foundationally living out of Christ in me, then I get to express that in these different roles that I play through my job, through my marriage, through my being a parent, through being a member in the community, through my passions and hobbies and all this. It's a way of expressing the divine life that's in me. I get to participate in this divine life versus I got to go out there and find this success and fulfillment and identity in these other things. But the, So the first step, and I want to end with this, is that we've got to We've got to make a choice at some point. What what am I going to agree with? What am I going to believe is the foundation of my life? Is it my job? Is it my career? Is it my relationships? Is it my ability to stop sinning? Is it my ability to be more spiritual so that God will will like me more? Uh, it, yeah, I mean, we those are the things we have to let go of, and God will God will is perfectly loving us at all times to reveal. Matt, that's not really who you are. I've, I've invited you to participate with me as a counselor, as a, you know, whatever, but, but that's not who you really are. It's not the real you. The real you is that you're full. You're complete. <laughs> you're, you, um, you're acceptable to God. You're valuable to Him. That is the real you, the false you, the fake you, the flesh, and all of its independent resources or just, or just you trying to cope in this world. It's not the real you. Let me say that again. The real you is that you are in Christ and you are fully acceptable to Him and valuable to Him right now as this new creation. It's not, it's not the flesh. It's not any of these other coping, independent resources that we go to to cope in this world. That's not the real you. The real you is this new creation, righteous, holy, blameless, acceptable, and beloved by the Father. And here's what I began to realize, not out of condemnation, but it, it began to be aware of me that it's, it's, an aff- it's an affront to God. It's a, almost like a slap in the face to God for me to continue to say that I'm unworthy, that I'm unacceptable, that I'm unlovable that I'm any of those things, when God says, it's true. Well, I really am not going to believe what God says because of such and such and such and this and this, and I believe this. It's really what I believe about myself and really what I think about. No, we're, we're, we're not going to grow and mature if we're thinking that, that, that way. And it isn't being humble. We hear a lot, of, well, I'm just not perfect, and I'm not this and all this, and we, all, we hear all these things that sound humble, but it's false humility. True humility, you want to know what true humility is? Truly being humble is agreeing with, with what God says about you. It's agreeing with the real you, that I am a new creation. And yes, I don't, sometimes I don't act like the new creation that I am. I am holy and blameless, and yes, sometimes I don't act that way. I am a child of God. I am fully acceptable. And yes, sometimes I act in unacceptable ways. 
We are the righteousness of God. We don't look at it all the time. We sure don't feel like it all the time. And we're not thinking about it, but we are. We are. And so next time I want to talk about and, and go into this of how these identities form. But that this is what I wanted to say. This is the real you. This is the real you. The real you is that you're in Christ. Your spirit, your, your spirit in union with him. We, we are his precious loved children. And the Father has reproduced His life in us. We've been born again spiritually. We are not our job or our ministry or our children or our possessions. That, that's, that's the false self. That's what maybe we tried, tried to get our identity for for years. We don't have to constantly try to manipulate the false self to make it better, to, to, to make it more religious or more spiritual, trying to improve it. That's the self-improvement world that is so prevalent today that's come into Christianity. Our culture is obsessed with that. Become a better you, improve the, improve the flesh, improve the false self. And it's ultimately just teaching us to try to cope better, or to feel better. Certainly there's a lot that can be done to that, but is that, is that gonna, and maybe we can manage that for a period of time, but at some point all of those, all of those things never going to lead to spiritual growth and maturity. The answer to that is not more effort. The answer is that as God reveals these things to us freely, He's freely given this to us. He, we've been given this new life. It's to reveal that Christ is our life, that He is our source. We can move on with God because He's our life. We can get move on with life in the Spirit and embrace the real us because it's not being proud. It's not being haughty. It's agreeing with what God has done and accomplished. And we can say, yeah, God, I, mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. And he's revealing to them, at the deepest level of who you are, you are a new creation. You are a saint. You're God's holy, righteous, blameless child. You have his nature at the deepest part of the core of who you are. Your desires are his desires. Your deepest being always wants to do what God wants to do. And my prayer for you is this, Lord, reveal this understanding of who I really am in you. I receive it by faith. I want to believe it by faith, and I want to walk in it by experience. That's my prayer for you. What would the, and I want to end with this question. What would that look like for you if you were able to truly, truly, by faith, all this is by faith, to embrace this, to believe this, to, and then to respond in this? based on the foundational truth that you are in Christ and you are his much-loved son and daughter. What difference would that make for you? We're all in process in this. We're all still, our minds are still being renewed and growing in this truth, but it's true. Just because we haven't believed it all yet doesn't mean that it's still not true. It's true. It's yours now as a gift. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it's yours now as a gift. And it's been freely given to you. That is the freedom journey. There is nothing more that you can spiritually grow in and mature in. I believe this to be true, is in knowing and understanding and embracing and walking in your identity in Christ. There's nothing that will free you more. Because it's who you are. <laughs>
That's who you are. That is the real you. That's the real you. Well, I hope this encourages you today. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. If you would like to reach out to us for coaching, we do offer one-on-one coaching. You can reach out to us. There'll be a way to connect with us there. Also, if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, we're looking for 10 to 20 new uh, supporters over this next month. Uh, And uh, we'd love for you to join us. There's a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, That helps us to get this message out to more individuals who need to hear, need and want to hear about the freedom they have in Jesus Christ. So as we say here on this podcast, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time.